The following podcast contains explicit language. So do you remember that executive who told us his dating strategy at a breakfast meeting one time? Oh, you mean his strategy that if his blind date was ugly, he would just get her as drunk as possible so he could have sex with her because he knew he didn't want more than that? That's the one. He's doing very well now. Yes, he is. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 17 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft, also a TV writer and producer living in L.A. On this podcast, we talk about what it's like to be writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we are going to discuss Harvey Weinstein and the sexual harassment story that is rocking Hollywood. We'll also have a Hollywood hack about tipping. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to all that, Sarah, in episode 20, we talked about office birthdays. We said that we're against them. At least we have been in the past. Yes, we absolutely have been against them. And it turns out this is a topic people feel very strongly about. We heard from a lot of you. Let's listen to um, what one listener, Alex, had to say on the subject. Hi, Liz and Sarah. My name's Alex, and I'm calling from Ohio. When I heard your segment on birthdays, I just knew you were going to mention how millennials love to take off their birthdays and yada, yada, yada. And I'm a millennial. I feel like I have to speak out on our behalf. Uh, My theory about that is this. Uh, Millennials and young people aren't taking traditional vacations, taking two weeks off to go to Florida, whatever. Uh, And so we need to find a reason to take our vacation days. Uh, I'm a mom too, and I want to be able to take one day during the year when I can go run errands that are just for me, go get my hair cut or get my nails done, do something just for me where my kid's in school and I don't have to waste a precious Saturday fighting the crowds or whatever. So additionally, my birthday happens to be around Christmas. So I actually end up Christmas shopping, doing returns and, uh, you know, wrapping gifts for other people. So as a holiday birthday baby, I definitely want to make sure that I get a little bit of mine because I know that my birthday gets lumped into Christmas anyway. And by the way, it's not just millennials who like taking their birthdays off. People of all ages emailed us about this. It's a thing. We also heard from Courtney in South Carolina, who's in charge of birthdays in her office. She said, I am the office manager for a small law firm, and this became an issue for us a couple of years ago. I started to realize that most of the women in the office did not want to eat the cake, and birthdays became a drag because the cake was mostly uneaten. We still do cards signed by everyone, but instead of a cake, I will give the employee a gift card of some kind. Depending on the employee, I may make it practical like a gas gift card or a grocery gift card, trying to keep in mind what they would actually like and use. We all sign the card the day before, and I leave it on the employee's desk for him or her to find on the morning of their birthday. That is a very thoughtful office manager. She's probably the most thoughtful office manager in the country. Yes. Like, I want her in charge of any office that I'm in. Yes, I want her to be my office manager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, There was also a lot of talk about office birthdays on our Facebook page. For anyone who wants to join, just search Facebook for Happier in Hollywood and ask to join, and we'll just click approve. Um, So on the Facebook group, we were both really moved by Ramona's comment. 
She said, I have a different perspective. I'm a widow, and for a while my workplace became my family. It helped to celebrate my first birthday without my husband, someplace where he didn't really spend time. For people who are not close to family, sometimes work replaces that. And it's nice to have one day where you're just a bit special. I normally love your and Liz's perspectives, but listening, I was really saddened by the tone. Sorry, Ramona. Um, For some, work is an escape from struggle, and having a bit of happiness in birthdays is nice. Well, Sarah, Ramona's point of view really changed how we see office birthdays. Yes. Um, and during this segment, um, when we talked about it, we had asked the question, <laughs> are we being grumpy bitches on this subject? <laughs> and even though many of you agreed with us about hating office birthdays, we've decided that, yes, we were being grumpy bitches and we're going to change our attitude. That's right. No more grumpy bitches for us. We are pro office birthdays. That's right. Not pro cake, just pro office birthdays. Yes. Pro (laughs) making someone feel special. Yes. All right. Coming up, we dive into the sexual harassment shitstorm surrounding Harvey Weinstein. But first, a word from our sponsor. Sid, how long will it take to get a cease and desist order against Weird Al Yankovic? Oh, that's too bad. Did they also take away your handgun license? Don't do it, J-Mo. You don't want to mess with Weird Al. Oh, please. I'm not afraid of anyone in show business. I turned down intercourse with Harvey Weinstein on no less than three occasions out of five. Okay, Sarah, let's dive into our segment from the treadmill desks of in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And today it's the topic of sexual harassment, specifically um, Harvey Weinstein and sexual harassment, um, which that clip from 30 Rock alluded to. I guess it was an open secret that he was behaving like an absolute monster. (laughs) Yeah. This is a story, the story about mega producer Harvey Weinstein harassing and assaulting women for decades. It broke in the New York Times and then in the New Yorker, and it is all anyone is talking about all over L.A. Yes, including us. It is a huge (laughs) issue, and it's not something we're going to be able to totally wrap our arms around in one day and one discussion, but we figured why not try. (laughs) And we've asked a friend to join us for this discussion. It's twice Emmy-nominated casting director Sherry Thomas Lane. Sherry and her partner, Sharon Bialy, have cast shows like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, The Walking Dead, and The Handmaid's Tale. Basically, they are casting goddesses. So we met Sherry when we all worked together on the Fox show Lie to Me, starring Tim Roth. Sherry, welcome. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in today. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's talk about what Harvey Weinstein did. Just to get us rolling for anyone who doesn't know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Basically, if you're living under a rock. Yes. <laughs> Over decades, he um, harassed and assaulted, I mean, dozens, hundreds, who knows knows how many women. It seems like his M.O. was often getting them alone in a hotel room and often wearing a bathrobe, coming out in a bathrobe and trying. That's hot. Yeah. For Um, him especially. Yeah. And then sort of trying to get them to massage him or watch him shower. Which, you know, he, women love to watch you shower. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, allegedly raped some of these women. And then if they didn't do what he wanted, it seems to be there's a lot of evidence that he hurt their careers. 
Right. And would threaten to. And would threaten to, clearly, yes. Yeah. And there is audio of this from one of the women. That one recording kind of tells you everything you need to know. And every instance apparently had that same uh, format that he had, which is a lot of begging. Mm-hmm. And a lot of negotiating. Right. He'd say, well, just do this and then you can go. Just do this and then, you know. And he's a very physically imposing person. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it can be overstated how powerful Harvey <laughs> Weinstein is. Yes. Was. In the, was mm -hmm. in the business. Uh -huh. I mean, he was a giant, you know, in, in terms of his power. Such and a giant influence. that he could do this not only to powerless women, but also to women who were quite successful. Yeah, I mean, Ashley Judd, Gwyneth Paltrow, Mira Sorvino. But those were all in the beginning of their career, if you think mm -hmm. about it. I mean, you know, to our yes. knowledge, he never did it to a movie star that was already firmly established. Right. It was who he was going to make a star. And that's where the power comes in. And that's where he is vile predator. Yes, yeah. You didn't see him doing it to people who could potentially fight back. Right. He did it to Angelina Jolie early in her mm -hmm. career, not Angelina Jolie last week. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes, because, of course, he wouldn't have had the balls to do that. Hell no. no. Yeah. So before we get deeper into this, Sherry, one of the reasons we asked you to come is that you were very brave and bold in posting on Facebook about some sexual harassment that you experienced early in your career. Mm -hmm. And you said that you felt like this was the moment to talk about it. Um, and we agree. Yes. So yeah. let's yeah, talk, about it. To talk about it. Well, it really started when Trump's Access Hollywood tapes were released. Mm -hmm. And we all heard that for the first time. And I think we mm -hmm. were shocked and appalled and disgusted. And, and it was sort of the first time I connected the dots with my experience. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, which I'll get into a little bit later, it just I, you know, I sort of shrugged my shoulders and walked along down the hallway. But I went, holy shit, this, wow, okay, so that really did happen in that experience. And I had wanted to put it out there then, and, you know, with working full-time and having two kids, it just, it, I, did, I literally didn't have the time to sit down and do what I wanted to do. Cut to a year later, almost, this came out with Harvey, and I just went, oh, shit, I really do need to say something. And so I said it and posted it. And it wasn't that I was hiding it. I had had conversations with people and I had communicated what had happened. And um, I just felt like I wanted to be a part of the conversation in a way that I don't think was being discussed, that it isn't just actresses and celebrities, that it's people behind but again, the ones that are rising, not yes. the ones that are established. Yes, this didn't happen after your Emmy nominations. <laughs> no, it didn't. Right. <laughs> it happened exactly. before. Yeah. Um, what ha so what happened? I was working on a show, a very high-profile show, and a very high-profile producer of that show made some advances and said some things and just had really inappropriate behavior. Um, you know, on a production, as everybody knows, there is a kitchen. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, yes. We talk about it a lot, the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. And so as somebody that's rising in the business and really trying to save some money, you get whatever meal you can for free. So I was there often and <laughs> making my bagels, and I really miss bagels. And, you know, it was, in, it was in passing is how it started. And I'm very outgoing. I'm very confident. I'm, I'm pretty jovial. And that's how... It started in just sort of getting to know one another. But at the end of the day, he's a boss. 
Yes. You know? So hands on shoulders, massaging, how are you, you know, different things like that over a period of time. And I just need to stress that when I say that it happened for a season, this is really before cable. So it was 22 episodes, Uh 22 plus. Right. So Um, that's months and months. Yeah. Yeah. It's a full regular season. There was one instance where he came up to my desk and, you know, I'm I'm working and um, he wanted some information or, you know, needed an update about something and, you know, literally sat on my lap facing me and straddled me and swiveling in the chair. And I just looking up like, what the fuck is happening here? And there was no sort of what if somebody walks down the yeah. hallway? He, there was just no recognition of being in a workplace. Right. You know? Well, he's in charge. He gets to do yeah. what he wants to do. Yeah, I totally. Don't, I don't think it can be stressed enough, like, how much power yeah. certain people have. Like, in the business, in a situation, there can be people who are really feel just yeah. all-powerful yes. mm-hmm. and who feel like they're immune from any repercussion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it it's very easy to imagine someone doing that. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And in the moment, you're just sort of like, this is really weird. And for me, I didn't, in that moment, feel violated. I didn't feel assaulted. I just felt like, this is gross. Yeah. Like, this, this is just gross. Mm-hmm. As if I would ever... As if this was something you would want. Yeah. Blech. I mean, yeah. Right. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, an assistant came down one day and said, uh, he's taking some people to lunch. Okay, great. You're invited. Oh, okay, great. And, you know, I went, and it was a very select few all assistants, mostly women, and that's weird to me. Yeah. Like, what is this um, secret little lunch? I, I, you know, I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm doing a great job. Right, this is, like, right. a thank you. But, you know, the conversation was inappropriate in terms of work. But we also work in an industry that I think is very um, – we get to do a lot of things that I think doesn't necessarily happen in corporate America. Yeah. You know, if Boundaries it's can be Friday night and it's yeah. 5 o'clock and you want to have a glass of wine in your office, you can. Mm-hmm. And it's not unheard of. And I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I think was happening was he's older but young and progressive and trying to connect with, you know, the young people on the show. And what's really happening, I think, is just trying to sort of hone in on who is who. Yeah. And well, it's kind of who are the strong grooming. ones, who are the one who's mm-hmm. the one that I can potentially get into. And again, I didn't start to think of this until really in the last year or two years as you're being educated in this way. And then you wrote about something that happened at a party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just kind of was excited to see me there and very joyfully drunkenly came and hugged me and whispered in my ear that, you know, I looked fucking hot and I just want to fuck you. And I was like, what? With his wife on the other side of him. And that's, again, gross. I mean, it didn't do anything to me in that moment. But not everybody can come out unscathed. I don't know if it's my DNA. It's part of my DNA. It's partly how I was raised. But I have a really good self-awareness. I have 
really strong self-esteem. I'm pretty confident we all have our insecurities. Of course I have mine. And the thing that struck me the most was I'm not hot. And basically you could have anybody and Mm -hmm. I'm the one that you're saying that to. So I actually think that he did hone in on something on me now Mm. as we're talking about it and discussing it. Well, you are hot. Well, thank you. Aside from from that, I do think there's... It's like he was testing, yeah. you sure. know, and it's sure. like if he had sensed more weakness, he would have gone further. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and like he's doing it in front of his wife, so it can't be that inappropriate. Right. If that, you think it's inappropriate, it's got to be you because mm-hmm. his wife's right there. You mm-hmm. know, it's, there's That's, some weird mental thing that's going on. Yeah. It's the same as, you know, going back to the men that we're talking about today, you know, Harvey Weinstein and Trump. And it's the idea that they're above it all Mm -hmm. and it's a narcissism the thing for me with harvey it's almost like i know there's a a lot of controversy around the word sex addict but it isn't it doesn't sound to me like a sex addict it sounds Mm -hmm. to me like any addict who needs whatever that thing is that gets them off it's clearly compulsive behavior yeah of you know some sort Mm mm-hmm well, and like you said, it's all about power, just feeling like is. he's yes. the one with the power. Yes. And he is, in these situations, the one with the power. And sometimes the ones that perhaps weren't whatever, you know, in grade school, junior high, high school, right. and it's still within them, right. and they think, well, now— This is my I chance. Can do now I'm the chance. This is my yeah. chance. Yes. Uh-huh. It's interesting because, Sarah, I don't feel that I've— thank goodness, ever experienced this. Although I will say I, I was so incredibly naive. I could have and not even picked up Me on too. it. Me too, yeah. But I do think being a team of women has definitely protected us mm-hmm. from this because from Sarah and I are too, rarely yeah. alone with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't protected us from sexism in general. No. But certainly from sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to state we have worked with amazing guys yeah. who would never sexually harass never. anyone. So this is not all men. No. But it is a lot of men. It is and a it lot is of in men. every industry. It's yes, not it is. just here. It's no. in law. It's in medicine. It's te- I'm sure it happens to it's teachers. It's in restaurants. Oh, restaurants. It's everywhere. This is not a Hollywood problem. No. no. This is a men who think they have too much power and can do whatever they want problem. And to me, the goal of this whole thing is to keep women down. Yes. It's like we subjugate women by just turning them into sexual objects and keep them from rising in power. Mm -hmm. Yes. You Mm -hmm. know, now I feel like the good news of this whole story is it feels like a watershed moment. It truly does. I completely and totally agree. I can't stay off the internet reading about who is next. The floodgates have opened. Mm -hmm. Everybody is speaking out. If it isn't Harvey, it's Blake Lively who came out about her makeup artist. It's sort of just this entitlement of men who feel that they can because. There's a lot of protection that goes on that allows this to happen. Obviously, Harvey Weinstein had a lot of, a lot of people were helping him carry these things out and then hiding it. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference between before and after where we are is that people are going to be questioning whether they want to help these men hide what they're doing because they're going to feel like I might have to answer for this later. Right. Well, like Um, we were reading this morning about Harvey Weinstein's contract. Yes. Which we don't know if this is true or not. TMZ says that he was contractually protected Mm -hmm. for harassing 
women. As and long that, as he would pay when they complained. Yes. If the company got sued and the company had to pay out, then he would pay the company back. Again, this is what TMZ says. I don't have inside knowledge. Right. But it's not hard to believe. I mean, what's notable to me about this whole thing is that none of it is shocking. No, it's not shocking in the no. least. And that's sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, Sherry, because you're a casting director, and of course, the casting couch is the Which most has famous to do with casting directors. I just well, no, no. Be I know clear. it doesn't yes, have to do with casting. <laughs> no, no, this is yeah. This is not a casting director issue. This is a producer, director, director studio executive yes. issue. What? Yes, but totally. do you Look, I'm not... see that or still see it? Are there people like you don't want to send actresses on auditions, or you know, like? What's your experience? My experience in terms of, you know, the quote-unquote casting couch is it happens sometimes in a different way, not necessarily in a sexual harassment way, but in a demeaning way sometimes for women and men. But it, it, it goes down to, you know, not being pretty enough, being too fat, being too skinny, being too dark if you're an African-American, if you're, you know, or, um, you know, not being able to have two African-Americans because people might confuse them. That is right. bullshit. Ugh. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times We've heard things like that on concept calls or on calls to a studio or a network, and I just – I want to pummel them, mm-hmm. people. It's absurd, and I think we're slowly coming out of a lot of areas. I'm hopeful that we continue to make those strides, but the term casting couch I think has been around for, you know, since yeah. the contract days when actresses would be under contract to a certain studio. Yeah. And they got ahead by doing what they had to do. And I just have this feeling it could also be men too, you know. Oh, absolutely. Way, way, way back then. Yeah. And, for and sure. Yeah. And not as much these days. But it, uh, it clearly has happened because we've seen that in the press this week as well. Um, it does feel like, I mean, we do a lot of casting for TV. And in casting for TV, there are so many people in the room. I mean, yeah. who could harass anyone? Yeah. It's, you know, it's the mm-hmm. director, it's the writers, it's the casting director. There's too many it's people like, in the room. Like, yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. There's nothing could happen there. It does feel like in films. Yeah. These it's kind more of intimate, yeah, more intimate. Well, and there's also happen. meetings yes. that happen. Meet me at the chateau. Let's have a drink. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the character before your screen test. It's, you know, it's a lot of that. And look, one of our jobs is to understand and know what that thing is, what that it factor is in someone. So there are times, and this happens after an audition. Also, you know, if if you're casting your lead male and you need him to have a certain charming right. quality, accessibility mm-hmm. quality, sexy quality, they walk out and you go, oh, he's so sexy. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That's, in a way, part of our job. But, but you're not saying, come in here to this room alone Correct. with me and yes. show me how sexy Correct. you are. Correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. Exactly. There's a big difference, I yeah. think, you know, within that. And I just want to say, too, because you had said you'd worked with a lot of men who are not that. And yes. I just have to sit, go on record and say that is the only time that's ever happened to me in all of my career doing this. Um, there was one incident where I had both my pregnancies. I don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. But as a casting director, I hid both my pregnancies. And my first one, when I finally said that I was at six months pregnant because there was no more hiding mm-hmm. it with, you know, <laughs> shirts and whatnot, the producer of that show said, well, what are we going to do? How are you going to be able to do this job? And I looked at him and I said, well, I have, I'm in a partnership. Mm-hmm. There is my business partner. But that shouldn't matter. Right. I'm I'll gritting my teeth done. as you're telling uh-huh. this story. I'm literally gritting my teeth. Mm-hmm, <sighs> mm-hmm. You know him. 
<clears throat> we'll yeah. talk after. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing just that really has been pissing me off in a lot of these conversations mm. is there. I feel like there has been a lot of victim blaming. Yes. Like, and it was like, Gwyneth Paltrow could have done something. Yeah. Oh, well, so what if Brad Pitt confronted Harvey Weinstein? He didn't go public. But, I mean, these people want to have careers, and it could have hurt their career. And why should they suffer because they were assaulted, if right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. now I'm a bad person because I've been sexually harassed and I don't come forward, even though I know I'm going to have negative consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. it just, if you had come to me and said, oh, Liz, this executive producer just straddled me, what should I do? I would have said nothing. Yeah, don't say a word. Don't mm-hmm. do a damn thing. Try not to be alone with him. Yeah, and right. I hate saying that, <clears throat> yeah. but that's the absolute truth. I I would not have had the guts no, to do no. anything had this happened to me. Right, that, it was a long time ago. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, twenty even years ago, now, Harvey even, yeah. would not be fired twenty years ago. No, absolutely not. And today, even now. You know, we have a president who is not getting fired. Right. Right. That's just fine. He can grab all the pussies he wants, apparently. Oh, yes. Um, so I, this takes me to I want to read this paragraph mm-hmm. from this New Yorker article called How Men Like Harvey Weinstein Implicate Their Victims in Their Acts. It's by Gia Tolentino. Um, and there's just this one amazing paragraph. It says, stay silent and you have acquiesced to whatever happened. Tell a friend and nothing much will be done. Come forward to an authority figure and you'll face unfair consequences. People will be uncomfortable around you, perceive ulterior motives. People will look for reasons that this happened to you, specifically. Maybe you won't be believed. There will be retribution. The power dynamic in these situations makes it a foregone conclusion. Men like Harvey Weinstein prey on women who are inexperienced enough that they can be penalized if they say no and implicated if they give in. Yeah. And that says it all. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, the truth. Which takes us to, like, we really have to, as a culture, have our default position be to believe women. As our default right now, we don't. We question, we blame, we try to figure out how it was their fault, what they were wearing, what time it was, why they were in the hotel room. Yes, exactly. It's only when there seems to be a group. Yes. And even then. And it has to be such a preponderance Mm -hmm. of evidence. I mean, Mm -hmm. now they're, I mean, just name after name after name after name after name is implicating Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. And I think even the Harvey Weinstein thing wouldn't have gone down the way it's going down if famous women hadn't been speaking out against him. Because if it's not famous women, they say, oh, they're just making up stories to get attention. Right. Yes. You know, but nobody's questioning Angelina Jolie. No. You know, nobody's questioning Ashley Judd. And that is hugely important that famous women step forward. Yes. And as a culture, we have to understand this does happen. It happens in every industry. It happens all over the country. I'm sure it happens in other countries. This is a problem And it's not about women bringing it on themselves. And when women speak up about it, we need to believe them. And then maybe something will come up and there will be evidence that something didn't happen. But, like, let's face it. Like, most of the time, this is true. Right, because why would anyone bring this upon themselves? Like, you know, it's it's not pleasant to be someone who comes forward. No. And I think because there are obviously the majority of men don't act like this, I think it can be hard for them to understand that other men do. So I think, like, men need to get, like, no, there are guys out there who are pigs who do this constantly. 
And, you know, you need to speak up. I mean, it's a lot has been said that it's this isn't just a woman problem. This is a man problem. Men need to care about this issue and speak up against yes. it and say something when they see it happening. For example, I mean, this week we have heard so many stories, not just from TV writers, but from lawyers and people in other professions about like one woman literally left her law firm because a partner was harassing her and she wasn't going to rise up there. And she had no other choice. It affected her career. We heard about... She ended up making less money for the rest of her career because she didn't get partner there. Yes, because statistically, we're not going to be believed. Right. And we heard about... And they're not going to do anything. Exactly. We heard... Oh, my God. We've heard so many stories. But one about... uh, This was a showrunner. Putting his arms Mm. or putting his hands on the shoulders of a lower-level writer and saying, Don't you just want to fuck her? No, actually, I don't. Thank you. That's so fucked up and inappropriate. Yeah. Um, We know about somebody who would walk up behind the women on the writing staff from behind, wrap his arms around them, grab their boobs, and pretend they were torpedoes. What? Yeah. That's something we do in a work environment. It just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, it really does. And it's incumbent on all of us to speak up about it. Like, I think we have felt like... There were times when we wished we had spoken up about things that we felt were inappropriate. And I think that time of not speaking up is past. Yeah, I think from now on, if we see something that makes us uncomfortable, even if it's not directed our way, we need to say something. Yeah. I think that's a big point. Um, And I think, again, it's easy for us because we are further along in our career and there are two of us. But. You but know, it goes to women in positions of power, men in positions of power. Yes. Mm-hmm. We need to be there right. for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it has nothing to do with being women. It's just anybody in a position of power needs to speak up when they see this stuff happening. I think, too, that's why I felt freer to sort of talk about mm-hmm. it. You know, I mean, I'm in a very different position than I was yeah. when that was actually happening. And I dare him or anybody to try to say to me, stop talking. And I'd be like, fuck off. I'm going to yeah. hit you over the head with my Emmy nomination, like, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the, um, not that anything about this is necessarily funny, but after this story broke, Sarah and I woke up going, I wonder how many men right now are transferring money into Swiss bank accounts. Yeah. Because Lots. a lot of lawsuits are going to be yep. happening. Yep. Hopefully that will scare some of them into, you know, stopping this behavior. But there's also the issue um, as parents, you know, we need to actively fight this phenomenon so that it doesn't continue. Yeah. Sherry and I have girls. You Mm -hmm. have a boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is. It's really incumbent on us to raise our daughters. Totally makes me cry. I have to stop this crying stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing that this is not okay and, and knowing that they can stand up for themselves. And mothers of boys need to also send the message that this is not okay and this is not appropriate behavior. I mean, it's like I can't even imagine, you know, the idea of my son doing something like this is just so horrifying. And I feel confident that he never will. (laughs) Um, But he will definitely be getting the right messages at home. Yeah. Did you ever get your bra snapped by a boy in school? I think I did. I don't remember. I don't think so. Did you? Oh, yeah. And that's oh, right yeah, there. The that shouldn't that's, be allowed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's all of those little teeny tiny things yeah. that start that you think, oh, it's just kids playing. They're just having fun. Right. Oh, they're just I had curious. a lot of people. Or they just, you know, they don't know what about it. And it, yeah. that's where it starts. And 
us with girls, the same thing. There is a fascination, a curiosity about private parts on both boys and girls. And it's about teaching that that is their body. This is your body. And you don't touch somebody else. Yeah. You know? I have until you're like 25 and it's Mm -hmm. right and then it's fine (laughs) I have big boobs so a lot of my adolescence through college was about people being like you know you would wear college Mm. shirts and sweatshirts Mm -hmm. with the college emblazoned across your chest and it would be like wow that and I have I have been the subject of many conversations Uh, as if I did not exist of men standing across a room talking about my boobs Wow. Um, that's happened, I mean, a thousand times. I it, it, Literally, it doesn't even... Right, it doesn't phase you. ...phase me anymore. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. So much of this, we're conditioned. Yeah. I mean, like, I have a friend who's an actress, and I said, well, you know, did, did this happen to you a lot when you were a young actress? And she was like, it's happened constantly. Yeah. It, I mean, it happened so much, it wasn't even notable. I didn't even notice it. It mm-hmm. was just a constant stream of inappropriate talk, inappropriate behavior. Again, it doesn't always rise to the level of Harvey Weinstein chasing you naked around a hotel room. It's these subtle things that make women feel less than, which, again, is the goal. That's right. the goal. Yeah. So to um, have power over someone. So no more. No more. No more. And we're going to keep talking about this because I, I think this is a story that's going to have a lot of different mm-hmm phases. Yeah. It will keep unraveling. And I agree. There's going to be many chapters to this book. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for sharing your story and being open about this because we need everybody to speak up. And as you said, not just actresses, but people in all all positions. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you guys. What is your experience with sexual harassment? We want to hear your stories, so write us. We are at happierinhollywood at gmail.com, and we will be discreet with any information you share with us. Um, We're going to keep talking about this hugely important subject. Up next, we lighten the conversation and talk tipping. But first, an ad break. Okay, Sarah, it's time for our weekly Hollywood hack. This week, it's about tipping. Yes, this is on our minds because we recently saw an article in Time magazine about which states give the worst tips. And we were surprised that California is one of the worst tipping states in the country. It's embarrassing. Yes, I was shocked by that. We are the fourth worst tipping state. (laughs) The best tipping state is Idaho with an average of 17.4%. And Hawaii is at the absolute bottom with an average of 14.8%. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we acknowledge that knowing how much to tip can be very stressful um, because who can figure out percentages in their head, although it's fairly easy to figure out 20%. (laughs) (laughs) So we're recommending a free app called Gratuity. Yeah, there are lots of tipping apps out there, but we just decided that this is the one we like best. It's free, which is one of the reasons we like it. Um, You put in the amount of the bill, the kind of service it is, because you tip differently depending on if it's like a bar or a restaurant Mm -hmm. and some other things and how many people are paying. So you can also divide it easily with this app, which is nice. It calculates the tip and how much each person owes. And you can manually change the percentage if you don't agree with them, and it will calculate accordingly. Yes. Now, we think everyone should tip 20% on meals, but, you know, um, you have your own conscience to answer to. (laughs) So this app solves the tipping problem and the splitting the bill problem. Um, And by the way, this is not an ad. We just like the app. Yes. Gratuity. 
And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. What's your take on sexual harassment? Have you experienced it? We want to hear your stories. Email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. And if you like the podcast, give us a review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps listeners find us. If you have any pressing questions about life in Hollywood, leave us a voicemail at 949-HAPPY21. And thank you so much to our guest, Sherry Thomas Lane, for coming on to our show today. You can find Sherry on Twitter at SherryThomas underscore ST. And thanks to our producer, Jennifer Lai. Also thanks to Kristen Meinzer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Twitter at Elizabeth Craft, and Sarah is at Sarah M. Fame. Remember, we are also on Facebook. Search for the Happier in Hollywood group on Facebook to join in on the conversation. You can find us on Instagram, too. I'm at S. Fane, and Liz is at Liz Craft. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fane. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Oh, my God. We really need to decompress after that conversation. That was intense. Very. Let's look at pictures of our kids on our phones. Yes. Sounds good. (laughs) 